Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about how play is child's work. This includes why your children need to play, how to encourage it, what to do if you find it hard to play with your child, and the different types of play that are available for you and your family to explore. If you have listened to any of our podcasts before, you will know that we do a challenge Bex. And so this is where I present Bex with a scenario to see how much she knows. The reason we do this is Bex hasn't got childcare experience or training. However, she is a mum of twins and she's got to listen to me quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. So we're just seeing how much she's picked up. And don't worry if she's not quite there with her answers i will kind of come back to those and we'll get her on the right track at the end you might need to (laughs) it will be fine imagine you have a eight month old and you have a two and a half year old how would you go about providing play for those two age groups oh claire sorry that's really hard in fact actually that is one of the benefits of having twins And I always did used to say that, you know, having twins, they're the same age and you don't ever have to worry about, I mean, obviously if you have other children you do, but I never had to worry about thinking I need an activity that's going to be okay for a little one and okay for a slightly older one. Okay, so I mean, I've seen lots of people say that they do activities that is suitable for both and I have to say I haven't really taken a huge amount of notice, so that's not very good, is it? So an eight-month-old is probably going to be able to sit up even if they're perhaps a little propped up. So it could be something that they can play with sitting up and that the other one can do a little bit more with. I think I'd start with thinking about what the older one was interested in because obviously they're the ones that are probably going to need to be engaged a little bit more in it because they perhaps have more cognitive skill to be able to do that. I think I might go with some kind of sensory experience because I think that's quite good for babies I might include let's say it's a boy I might do some kind of construction type thing not that girls can't play with construction obviously but in this instance I've got a boy and I know the boy used to like that kind of stuff so that's a construction thing that they could play with but then baby could also perhaps have their own little tray with perhaps the taste safe mud that I'd made they could squish around with it maybe or something like that oh blimey that was clutching at straws I'm not really sure that any child would want to come to my house to play after hearing that <laughs> I'm just like using words that I've heard on Instagram putting them together. <laughs> all these wonderful all these wonderful play experts have got all these things that they do but anyway that's kind of what I do I think with play, there's so many different options for people. And I think that probably the first thing to talk about is why is it that children need to play? You know, we say play is child's work, but what actually does that mean? When it says play is child's work, ultimately what they do is they are learning so much at this point. And there's an outlet for them. So it's a bit like us and work. 
our creative outlet is work hopefully so we practice new things we keep doing the same things over and over but that's our work it's very important to us we focus on it we start to hone in our skills we start to kind of specialize in certain things dependent on what we do for our job and for our children they are learning about the world around them they are learning about things like cause and effect they're learning about problem solving they're looking learning about resilience and if they didn't have play opportunities they have no opportunity to really engage in any of those skills that they're going to use when they're older and play is a safe way of them practicing these things Mm -hmm. so play isn't kind of hugely directed it doesn't have an end product to a child necessarily they start something and they don't think that they are producing something they don't start it there they may just use their imagination they are using all areas of their learning and all areas of their development within that play opportunity. So when we see something such so simple as maybe doing a puzzle, there's concepts that go into just doing a puzzle. So that spatial awareness, that ability to work out and problem solve. It might be that they're actually learning about shape, they're learning about colour, but it all comes from a simple activity. And so we have to kind of facilitate the opportunity for our children to kind of learn and engage, build concentration and all of those things through their work, which is their play. And so we can sometimes as adults see play as just that whole kind of, it's just what children do. And when we're not busy or when we're not doing something else, they can go play. And that definitely is how I would look at it. Yeah. Something for them to do more than anything particularly beneficial. Yes. We go out and we do activities or we might do classes and we see that much more as possibly a more educational kind of learning opportunity. Yet being at home, it's like, oh, well, just they're just playing with Lego or they're just playing with construction or they're just playing with their dolls. Whatever it might be that they're doing, we tend to say it's just play. Mm-hmm. And actually play is massive it is the absolute kind of biggest thing for our children and how they learn and that's how we get our creative learners that's like the bedrick for their development really isn't it yeah and very often you can see in their play where they're kind of going with things Mm -hmm. so you can kind of see in their play if they're very physical and they want to climb on things they want to build things so that they can get higher that they can jump off of it So you tend to start thinking, "Mm, they're probably, and that's a form of play. That's them testing their boundaries. It's that element of slightly risky play, Mm -hmm. which again is safe risk is something that we should have in our play. We should be allowing children the opportunity to push their limits a little bit. You know, I think we've become very careful Mm. about everything. And we tend to step in and we tend to sometimes tell them oh no don't do that because that will happen and obviously you want children to be absolutely safe you don't want anyone to come to any harm however i think we've all been there when you know you climb up something and then go i don't quite know how to get down and it's us going well where can you put your feet where can you put your hands if you've got up there's probably a way that we can find to get you down i'm going to help you i'm going to talk to you about it rather than 
instantly going along taking them off mm-hmm. you know that resilience that problem solving are skills that will take them into adulthood you can have some children i mean i know that my daughter literally wouldn't climb anything she didn't want to climb anything she was really scared and i have to say i was um, not super understanding and didn't know the things that i know now and we'd be like come on you you can do it and and you'd almost sometimes you'd put her at the top and go come on you can get down and it i mean that was a bit mean now i realize that now but how you know if a child really really is reluctant to to climb or do those risky things what what would you do then it's slow slow introduction and also talking to them and it's a bit like what's why don't you want to climb up what is it that you don't like about the idea and it might be that it's high or i can't get down or all those sorts of things so it's like okay well let's not climb that high let's go and do the stepping stones Mm -hmm. or let's do let's make something in the house with the cushions and you can jump off of those. And so you gradually kind of increase their kind of exposure to it, but mm-hmm. in a very gentle way. And it's kind of going, you know what, well, actually, if you don't want to climb and you're anxious about it, it is climbing, probably okay, isn't it? It actually? is okay. And yeah. normally you have kind of the polar opposites, then you have the others that literally are climbing mm-hmm. to the point where you're going, please, just <laughs> because they have very little. Our children aren't so risk aware because if they were they would try nothing yeah and so it's a bit like us if mm-hmm. you think now as an adult you're so much more aware of things yeah that you go as a child i didn't even think of that no like i um a couple of months well it's probably even a year ago now i went to go ape with a little one hmm. i'd have <laughs> loved to have seen that claire uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i think there is evidence <laughs> somewhere but that can stay and I, it took a lot in my head. I was harnessed. I had all of that stuff. But in my head, I'm still kind mm-hmm. of going, oh my goodness, I'm hanging from a tree. <laughs> this is not my idea of fun. But this little person is going, I'm having the best time. Mm-hmm. And I could see that they were pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. There were moments where it was looked back at me for reassurance. And I'm there going, you absolutely... <laughs> You absolutely can do this. I can see that... You know, really, you're you talking pre- to yourself, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, come on. But what was so lovely is I had two older children behind me, because obviously I was taking a little bit more time, and they were talking to the little one I was with, and they were like, you are amazing, you're doing so well. And I'm there going, wow, they're even kind mm-hmm. of congratulating. And that sense of achievement at the end, for both of us, actually... I actually got off and went, wow, I've just done that. Yeah. And that for our children in their play, if they've been able to problem solve and all of those things, and at the end of their play, they've produced something or they've got to the where they wanted to in their play, that's massive. Mm-hmm. That, that sense of achievement will be a driver to try new things, to keep going, to keep bouncing back if it's a bit tricky. And that's where play is kind of vital in Mm -hmm. our early childhood but it Mm -hmm. shouldn't stop we are most creative when we play i know that's the thing isn't it and it's funny because you think about how we harness that in things like corporate days don't we We like you go and you do archery and you do treasure hunts and all that kind of stuff and that is just adults playing isn't it really 
yeah. but that's when the best ideas come yeah it is yeah and that's it's true and also, never thought of that actually and also if you think again lots of time we can find the play is quite solitary mm-hmm. so it's like go and play in the other room i'm just doing this etc which mm-hmm. is fine we've all got stuff to do but if you think about when we do things like corporate days or we're out with friends and we're doing things together mm-hmm. you get so much more from it than if you went on your own yeah you do and so you get enjoyment from watching someone else do it you practice you watch them and you're like well they've got this technique mm-hmm. so i'm going to try this yeah we did do quite a lot of copying when we did the corporate days didn't we yeah never it, quite went our way but no uh, and it, particularly <laughs> archery and i think it was that kind of the bomb making thing yeah, or whatever the, you the had assault to course thing wasn't yeah, it that yeah. um, play tends to be around other people it doesn't necessarily mean that children are wanting to play with someone mm-hmm. but having a more social aspect around play often means that they feel able to test more things out yeah. because they're watching and learning and that's where the benefit of things like play dates come in mm-hmm. it also some children also enjoy solitary play because it means that they can just fully focus yeah but they also enjoy play with us mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> playing with us is a thing i have to admit that as a as a mum of twins, whether I'd had one or two children, I just found it really boring mm-hmm. playing with the children. And they, you know, they wanted to play with me. And I was like, okay. And I'd go and I'd really try hard, but I found it so difficult. Mm-hmm. What what can you do? To Why did you find out? it difficult? I just think I just thought, what? Like Ben, for example, he loved his cars. And still, as you just said, you see these people and you think, well, that's what they're going to be like when they grow up. And he now loves motorbikes, loves go-karting, loves anything with wheels. And so obviously that's, you know, that that has carried on. But, you know, he'd literally just go along the sofa with his car. And then he'd go, mummy, mummy, you do it. And I'd be like, okay, (laughs) what actually are we doing here? And then he'd go let's do it let's do it again and then we'd get a different or we'd get another car another color and we'd be like well let's oh honestly a bit and amy just well to be honest that was hard because she didn't really have any imagination i don't mean she didn't have any imagination she didn't have any imaginative she didn't enjoy imaginative play at all Mm -hmm. she was much more let's read a book which actually for me was yeah i'll read a book with you you know that kind that was quite easy (laughs) we'll just sit and read a book but you know again that's how she is now she's not that sort of active outgoing she hasn't got lots of hobbies but she does like reading she loves films she loves that kind of sort of almost more intellectual i suppose is it you you know that like things theater and stuff yeah like much more that creative thinking things she's she likes whereas but then all that reading of books when she was little has Mm. only increased that and like her writing ability yeah, exactly. It's incredible. incredible yeah. Bearing in mind, sometimes she even proofreads stuff. For us. Lot. Yes, she does. Through her way of wanting to play, she knew... What she was interested in. What she was in. interested in. Mm. And so actually, she was able to kind of communicate that. And so was Ben. Mm-hmm. And I think children do communicate it to us. They do have preferences of play. My imaginative play as a child was kind of next level. <laughs> because... My babies, my dolls were real, absolutely. But I'm an only child. Yeah. So actually my play was very different because I had to play on my own. You had to really, really ramp it up, didn't you? And yeah, it was very much kind of encouraged by my parents. Mm -hmm. So I was allowed to take my dolls into the bath with me and I washed their hair, even though 
think we all know that washing dolls' hair in baths never goes well. No. <laughs> um, but I was allowed to kind of extend that play. Mm-hmm. And I, my parents did not have a clue about extending play or no. anything like that. Natural they sort just of naturally instinct, yeah. engaged with my interests mm-hmm. and went, well, have a pram or here's a cot or mm-hmm. let's get her some blankets, let's get her some clothes. And I just mm-hmm. kind of ran with that. Whereas, strangely, I couldn't play with things like Lego and Duplo. No. Because I just didn't get it. It just wasn't your thing. And I, I just, I still struggle with it now. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, well... Why? Why? Yeah. And that's not to say, whereas other children absolutely love it. Like they do, Ben probably yeah. would love constru- that He loves Lego, yeah. Because yeah. it's constructing something, whereas for me, it just didn't feed my... No. ...kind of learning and my kind of play needs. No. So how as an adult do you play with your children if you're bored? I mean, what do you do to make that a bit easier? Firstly, don't overthink it. I think as adults we we have this real kind of ability to go, we have to play this activity and we have to make it so our children are enjoying it and we have to sit with them and we have to... They need to be learning something, that's what you kind of think, don't you? Suddenly you're sat there and you're watching it's like, what colour is this piece of pasta that we're playing with? And the child's like, actually, at the moment, I am creating something, and this is my kitchen, and why am I talking about the colour of the pasta? Yeah, get in with it and eat my yeah. pasta. And my it's like, I'm in my restaurant. It is a massive skill. It really is a skill of trying to learn how to play alongside children mm-hmm. rather than take over their play. And I think the best way to think about it is if you are supporting someone with a project at work, for example, Mm -hmm. or you're supporting a partner in something that they're going through. You don't take over and go, you do this, you do that, you don't do this, you do that. You don't direct it. You go, okay, how are you going to do this? Or what do you want to do about that? Or, And you can gently guide people, but it's in a very gentle manner. So if you are playing, they're in their restaurant, so it's like, what kind of restaurant is this? Is it Italian? Is it Chinese? Is it... Your child goes, oh, it's Italian. It's like, okay, great. So what are we have? What's on the menu? And it is all about kind of leading in. Oh, well, I don't have a menu. It's like, well, should we create a menu? Mm-hmm. Again, it's age dependent, mm-hmm. but we can maybe, shall we cut some things out of a magazine and pop them on your menu? And then when mummy or daddy get home or grandma comes around for tea, we can, you can say to them, actually, we've got some pasta in our kitchen. Should we have that for tea tonight? And you can kind of yeah. take that play and extend it in a way that's very gentle. And actually is along your lines as well. Yeah, Absolutely. But it's not going, what colour is this? What shape is this? How many have you got? How many do you need? Mm-hmm. It might be like, oh, how many people have we got coming for dinner? Mm-hmm. And little one turns around and says, four. Okay, so we're going to need four plates. And then they might go, and four cups. And I four mm-hmm. knives. So you're extending that play, but in a very kind of gentle, natural manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you start to see resistance, you pull back mm-hmm. and you just let them carry on. And I know that probably all sounds, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> until sometimes I think from an adult, we think with adult logic. Mm-hmm. So we always think there needs to be an end product. Yeah, we do. Like, why are we doing this? Actually, we well, do. like the whole way. thing. Like, why is Ben rolling those cars along the sofa? But, what is that achieving? Yeah, but it's achieving for him <laughs> cause and effect. If I roll it down, what happens? How fast do they go? 
does one car go faster than the other? I need to work that out. That's my problem solving. That's my reasoning in my head. That's my kind of logic. I'm starting to develop my logical thinking. Does it have bigger wheels, smaller wheels than the other car? All those things mm. are going around in their head. We're looking at it going, this is the hundredth time. <laughs> you might, with that situation, go, do you think they're going slower because they're on the sofa? Maybe if we got some tubes, if we put them down there, do you think they go faster? Mm. We could use a stopwatch. Should we see what goes faster, slower? Oh so my we... goodness, if I'd have used a stopwatch, that would have been <laughs> right there. He used to love that, yeah, racing but, against But that. all that kind of thing, you know, mm. looking at numbers, and it's like, well, how many seconds was that? Well, that was three or whatever. It's like, well, you've already brought numbers in, but you've mm-hmm. done it through their play. If you know that you've got a child who, like Ben, was really interested in um, cars... Then you think, okay, I could do the tubes or piece of guttering and things like that, and we can have a stopwatch, and we can... And he'd be playing to his heart's content. Oh, yeah, he would. But then you could also have the Amys, who don't want to, you know, necessarily do that side of things, and she's into her books. But then it might be saying to her, okay, what book are we reading? Okay, what's what's in there? So it might be, I don't know, if you're reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Mm -hmm. it might be going, well, let's see if we can make porridge mm-hmm. and what do we you know what do we need to make porridge and then you just sort of pull it in because people have those um bags that go along with like story bags don't they that yeah. go along with things like that which is quite a nice thing to do because they can then play with those potentially if they Act enjoy the story yeah. yeah and it can even be they can film themselves acting it out and mm-hmm. make a little and again it's recalling it's it's about making something really kind of real to them Mm -hmm. so just because a child might love reading books doesn't mean you just read the books it might be that you pull things out of it Mm -hmm. you might do some craft you might make the bears or you might the story so what is that so sort of going on to like the different types of play so Mm -hmm. invitations to play is something you see all over the place but it seems like a lot of work Mm -hmm. that's the that's the sort of thing that if i was you know looking now i'd be like oh my goodness the simplest way of explaining it children's interest and you are providing an invitation to come and play with something that engages their interest. So again, it might be that, let's take the cars Mm -hmm. situation again, but we might say, okay, there's a real interest in cars, there's a real interest in that side of things. So we might provide some cornflower play, Mm -hmm. but we've coloured it brown, so you can use some cocoa powder or Mm. anything like that. Colour that brown. You then might have a washing up bowl of water and soapy water and some cloths and things like that and then you're basically creating a car wash Mm -hmm. so they go through the mud and then you're washing them and then you can you know even do a little bit of bolish and all those sorts of things so you're still involving the cars Mm -hmm. and actually when you think about it making up some corn flour a washing up bowl of some water and some cloths yeah it's not massive however it can look quite a lot and it can be quite a lot to think about if you're doing it in the moment Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's kind of going, if you're using social media, Pinterest, so mm-hmm. Instagram, all those sorts of things, pin it and kind of go, okay, I'm going to do that and I'm going to plan for it. So I've got the cornflower, I've got the cloths. Okay, on Monday, that's what I'm going to... I think that's what I would have done if mm-hmm. I'd have had all the resources of Instagram and things is looked at my week and thought actually like on the weekend maybe if I had a bit of time looked at my week and gone actually Monday Tuesday every day I'm going to think of something because I think that is the hardest thing waking Mm -hmm. up and thinking 
oh my goodness, looking at that washing and, you know, like all the other stuff that you've got to do. And then thinking, and that's, you know, that's another thing I've got to do. And it's really funny how you prioritise things like the washing against doing things like, well, I mean, I'm not saying everybody does, but it's it's kind of an easier option, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we see play as being an opportunity to distract and so you can get on with stuff yeah yeah and I would always say that absolutely can be the case and very often invitations to play have no end product right and so ultimately you tend to find children are much more engaged Mm -hmm. when they have an invitation to play because actually it's not a toy that they've played with and just got used to and then it's done Mm -hmm. it's it's like oh well I could add this and I can do this and I can move this here um, and obviously this is some days that's the case and some days they just show no interest at all don't be disheartened by that it's yeah. completely and utterly normal but it's looking at can you spend that 10-15 minutes with them mm-hmm. completely engaged with their play that you're there, you're following their lead so actually they ask you to put something in the red car into the mud and you're like okay and you put it into the mud and then it's like right you need to wash that now it's like okay so you wash it you follow their lead on their play completely. Mm-hmm. And it can go a little bit random. So it'd be like, actually, I want you to put it back in the mud again. And it's like, well, I've just washed it. That's an adult. And that's it, isn't it? You're like, I've just washed it. It's clean. I don't want to put it there. It's all done. And they're like, put it back in the mud. <laughs> and you're like, well, should we, should we use some of the ones that were already in the mud? As an adult, you're constantly... I definitely would do that. Yeah. It's like, well, I've just, just washed it. Why am I putting it back in the mud? Because... As a child, I need to see it go back in the mud and back into the wash to see that that happens. It's that repetitive behaviour that's completely normal that goes, I need to just make sense of that. And so if I see it happening, I then go, okay, it goes from dirty to clean, clean to dirty. People do worry about that repetitive type of behaviour, but it is normal completely, isn't it? For a lot of, you know, our children go through what's called schema development and that there's lots of various different schemas um, and you can see it from children lining things up, you can see it from children climbing on things, you can see it from children wanting to throw things. We do have a blog over on our website Mm -hmm. on schema development um, and I think when you fully understand and kind of see all the different schemas that children can have, you go, oh my goodness. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Ben rolling those cars down that sofa, there's definitely a schema development mm-hmm. going on. I used on to there. line them up too. Yep. And it's a very much a physical thing for them to make. You, know, you might even find your child constantly wants to like hang over something and be upside down. Mm. It's just their way of being able to view the world, make sense of the world. And sometimes that repetition mm-hmm. is a key element of that. So, yeah, I would definitely kind of have a look at the schema, the blog, schema yeah. blog because it would definitely, if you're mm-hmm. noticing your child re- being repetitive, I think it makes you go, it's okay, they're learning. Mm-hmm. And I think you become much more accepting as an adult. Yeah, rather than thinking they keep throwing stuff. Yeah. But it's actually, you need to then harness that, don't you, mm-hmm. and find stuff for them so to throw. So then it's like, okay, I can see that they keep throwing everything. So it might be their lunch. It yeah. might be, <laughs> they keep throwing things around the room. What activities can I provide that really allow them the opportunity. We did that actually. Now I feel because we didn't really know that, but Rich used to do this game where he and Ben would roll balls 
and see who could get it closest to the wall. Yeah. And you know that and that was a thing that mm-hmm. he used to want to roll balls all the time. It was that rolling yep. thing. And we did that without even knowing about yep. schemas. So go. that was good. <laughs> but I think you do it naturally, don't you, sometimes? You do. You and think. I think be creative with it. It's mm-hmm. that whole it makes it more interesting for you as well. Mm-hmm. Schema development, kind of looking at that alongside play will definitely help. Mm-hmm. So invitations to play don't need to be overly complicated. They I will completely admit there are a few out there on social media that you look at and you go, oh. Yeah, I mean, wow. have you taken like two days to set it up? Yeah, and it thing? looks stunning. Mm. And you wouldn't want it to yeah, be Yeah, as destroyed. an adult, oh my goodness, like we were saying the other day about how put, mixing colours of Play-Doh. Play-Doh together. I mean, it is that whole, it I've is. just spent two days setting it up, don't touch it. But half the time they don't take that long to set up. No. No. It looks like it, but if you actually really hone down on it, it's probably a bit of soil. Some cornflakes, maybe. Some cornflakes that have been blitzed up. Maybe some Cheerio, you know, it can, Weetabix that have been crumbled to make hay. hay look yeah. at it. I think sometimes we look at it and it looks beautiful. And there is an element of it being attractive to your child. Yeah. And I think sometimes as an adult, if we produce something that looks nice that invites us to want to play, mm-hmm. It's achievement. it can actually yeah. help. But the key part I would say is try and make the invitations to play something your child is interested in. Mm-hmm. They, they need to have interests. Yeah. Don't go off on a tangent because you've seen something on Instagram and you think, that mm. looks beautiful, I'm gonna give that a go. And your child is nowhere interested in flowers it's quite interesting actually you say this because um i was looking at an instagram because you know we share the activity every morning mm-hmm. um i was looking at an instagram account this morning and that their little one was obviously really really interested in construction mm-hmm. they did so many act- different activities but it all came back to that and i i mean i was in awe i was a bit like <laughs> this is amazing because she had so many different ideas but it was all around, like you said, the same. you could see as you scrolled through the page that that was what her child was interested in. Yeah. It was obvious. Yeah. But that was lovely. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. and, you know, I actually put on there saying there are so, I couldn't hardly choose which yeah. one to, you know, to go but with. that then may change and develop into something mm-hmm. else and you change and develop the play. Mm-hmm. But you will know what your child really loves and you can just slightly kind of put these little things in and that will definitely kind of mm. extend their play or change their play. But um, it doesn't always have to be really a cardboard box. So that is, is a cardboard box like, a, that's an example of open-ended play, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah, and it can be an invitation to play. So you could have a massive cardboard box, you could put some crayons in it, felt tips in it, depending on the age of your child. Mm-hmm. But a cardboard box could be anything. So yeah, and we know that, don't we? I mean, that's the old adage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cardboard box could just be a train, a plane. Yep. A <laughs> it can literally be anything. Sandpit or and whatever. Yeah. So many people talk about the fact that a cardboard box is more interesting at Christmas. Yes, they do, don't they? Yeah. And it is, because ultimately it can be anything. Whereas a toy that is produced to make sound or you put something in it and this happens, once they've learned that, it very much is done. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Something that's slightly more open-ended, but also kind of a toy, is something like a marble run. Oh, right, yeah. Because every time you make it, it's different. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So every time you do a new construction, the ball goes somewhere else or you can add something else in. So for older children, marble runs can be a really great problem-solving mm. game, but actually each and every time it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. And so you tend to find those sorts of things, they have longevity mm-hmm. in comparison to kind of very set. And then the real sort of star of open-ended play is the treasure basket, isn't it? I mean, it I is know for that, babies. I mean, the twins used to... I mean, and that was one thing that... I prided myself on mm-hmm. and they literally loved it. Yeah. They would sit for an hour more just mm-hmm. taking things out, banging them. I mean, you can probably explain better than me what it is. But. Yeah, so a treasure basket is typically for babies who are sitting, normally non-mobile, but I actually think it still works for mobile babies as well, but mm-hmm. you just might need to just change it up slightly. Um, it's a basket which is filled with natural materials and natural objects it's not plastic it's things you know wooden metal obviously they all need to be safe but you can even add things like um, maybe an orange and a lemon for the different smells you can add things like uh, lavender bags we did like a rice shaker and a things rice, like. yeah a rice shaker as they get older it might be pots that you can put things in and mm-hmm. take things out of so basically you start with treasure baskets and then you move through what would be called heuristic play and so it might be that you have a cupboard in your kitchen mm-hmm. that's purely for your well. mm-hmm. mobile baby or toddler who can go to that cupboard and it's literally your Tupperware probably. Mm-hmm. And a few pots and pans and things that they can get out. There's not a, no, 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 don't mm-hmm. touch that, those sorts of things. Um, and because they, again, have no, no end product... They tend to sit there for ages and mm-hmm. they just put things in, take things out. Bang things. Bang things together. And so treasure basket and heuristic play mm-hmm. and sensory play. If we're playing with Play-Doh with our children, we tend to start playing with the Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, we do making And then we start things. making stuff. And actually that act of using our hands, mm-hmm. it's quite relaxing. Mm-hmm. Same is, as water yeah. play is very relaxing running water can be there's so much learning that goes behind those Mm. sorts of play and i was actually with a baby a week or so ago who has a treasure basket and the adult said to me oh my goodness it's just absolutely loves Mm -hmm. this whisk and it was just a very simple little whisk but everywhere she went just holding a whisk (laughs) because it was just her thing and then it was you know you move on to things like a wooden egg cup or whatever Mm -hmm. i have a treasure basket at home that i use with friends children when they come over and one of the things is metal measuring spoons yeah they love those and i've just put it onto a shoelace and tied it up Mm -hmm. and then they just love them they just constantly are playing with those but i've also got a box that's what i would probably term heuristic play and it's just got random objects in it and i have friends children who are five six years old who come to the house and they're like, have you got that box? Where's the box? And their parents are like, we spend a fortune on toys. Yeah. And then they come here and they're playing with some pegs, <laughs> a shower cap, yeah. some old sunglasses, cases, um, really strange things. But they love it. And suddenly mm. it's they've got a bakery and they're making cakes and all of those sorts of things. So don't overthink play, I think, is what yeah. I would say is... And it's taking those 10, 15 minutes to fully engage and then go, okay, I'm going to leave you for a bit. I've just got to go and do this, this and this. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to see what you're doing. And so you're filling that kind of 
your child knowing that you value their play. Well, so talking about the valuing the play, Mm -hmm. you were saying to me that you shouldn't really always like just put stuff away or sort of just right it's the end of the day let's get mm-hmm. let's put it all in the box yeah why <laughs> it's okay. a nightmare imagine you are at work and you are in the middle of something you're really focusing you have all your papers across the table you've got things up on your computer whatever it might be and you're you're just getting to a stage in that you know piece of work that you're like yeah I really get this now this is really nearly finished someone walks in and goes right i'm locking up you've got two minutes tidy up can't leave your desk like that off you go you're gonna go whoa can you just give me 10 minutes because i just wanna no (laughs) and you're gonna be like oh how do i make this so that i can leave but i could come back to it because i'm so in the zone Mm -hmm. and if that person says, no, 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 and just literally gets it <laughs> and puts it all in a pile <laughs> and switches off your computer. Yeah, you'd be a bit cross. I you're going to go, what is the point? <laughs> I've just worked hard on that. And if you then take it into your child's world, if they've been working on something, and I say working on it, even if it's you really can't see <laughs> what has <laughs> happened and they haven't really produced anything that you would say is worth it is worth it Mm. however if they've spent the last half an hour hour or even keep coming back to it all day and then suddenly we go right tidy up Mm -hmm. and we just chuck it back in the box and go okay we're done the next day when you say off you go go and play now they're gonna go well (laughs) you put it all in the box box. so actually i'm probably not going to invest my time and my energy because we're going to have to tidy it up. Mm. And that's when we sometimes can see children really flitting right. with play because they go, it's going to get tidied up. What's the point? It's a subconscious thing, but sometimes they go, the point. So we then go, why can't you just... There's lo- There's so many things in this room. Mm-hmm. You've got all these toys to play with and you're just not playing with any of them. And it's like, well, one, there might be a few too many toys in there, so it's a bit overwhelming. Or, well... If I get my Lego out and I start, mm-hmm. it's going to be lunchtime and then I'm going to tidy it up. Mm-hmm. However, if we turn it round and go, I can see you really worked hard on that and you've spent so much time and it's probably very important to you. What we're going to do is we need to tidy up all the other bits that aren't you, you don't need. But what we're going to do is we're going to put this on the side mm-hmm. and then later on you can start it again. Or in the morning it's ready for that for you to then carry on mm-hmm. with. What you're doing is going, there's a value in Mm -hmm. what you've done. It's obviously important to you because you've worked on it. And I'm putting a value on it. And so Mm -hmm. your child goes, wow. My rocket ship. My rocket ship Mm -hmm. that might just be three pieces of Lego at this stage. (laughs) But I know it's there. Yeah. And tomorrow I can go back to it. Mm -hmm. I can try again. My adults are going, this is important to you. In a way, also increases for them of them showing a value on other things. It teaches them actually another element mm-hmm. of life of valuing other people's opinions, kind of validating what people do. And if they see that from you and you role model that, they're only going to role model it back. Yeah. There's always a lot of resistance to going to the toilet when they're playing or going for a meal mm-hmm. when they've been playing. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. I haven't quite finished. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if they know they can always come back to something, mm. 
that tends that's to that's true go. isn't it yeah that makes if it if they know that it's not going to be put away you're going to come back and it's going to be gone yeah. Yeah. yeah and I would always say at the end of the day go to, if it is looking like a bomb has hit it going okay what parts are important here and is this important can you just put the important bits on the side and you have a special section let's pop that there but everything else is going to need to be tidied you're giving them that ownership as well and mm-hmm. if they say everything's important it's like well we also need to tidy up the floor because we're going to trip over everything so there's got to be certain <laughs> yeah. things and yeah. you can put the boundaries around it but I think it's also that value mm-hmm. of their play yeah so going back to my little challenge how did yes. I do oh, I thought you did very well Absolutely. The sensory play for all ages is Mm -hmm. brilliant. So bringing in that aspect, I think also looking at that child's interest. So you Mm -hmm. brought in about construction. So you are looking at what they're going to be interested in and then actually producing the same activity, but differentiated, Mm -hmm. which is a term that's typically used within nurseries and schools. We differentiate activities and for age and stages. It can just be like, oh, okay. I've done the taste safe sawdust mm-hmm. type thing. And so my eight months old's fine with that. And I'm just going to put some little spoons in there for them to play with. But actually, I'm going to put construction in it for mm-hmm. my older child. And you know what? It's an activity for both. Yeah. And so I thought you did. Oh, hooray! Really well on that. Well, just just saying, don't bring your children around anytime soon because <laughs> that was that was just an example. <laughs> but imagine when you're a grandma yeah that's true oh they'll love to come to my house but that's because auntie claire will be there to help <laughs> we'll be producing activities galore yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. that's play wrapped up we hope that that's been um, really helpful hope you've enjoyed it and um we hope for you to join us again soon that's everything for today thanks for listening If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Teen and everything in between. See you then.